Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saying, Lord. Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you tuning in tonight. This is a live radio broadcast coming from KDIX Studios, Dickinson, 
North Dakota. And you can also be listening on their website or Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. People are texting me. You can be part of this program. Text at 701-290-7862. I've got uh, Wanda from somewhere way out in Montana texting me. Brother Griffith from way out in Montana texting me. Carl and Jeannie are listening tonight in Texas. And uh, we've got Stormy listening from the Philippines. Good to have him. We've got the Lee family and Dickinson listening. Uh, Dave Shart, uh, my friend, is listening. And he and Lauren are on their way to Fargo listening. We've got the Schulers listening in Grafton. We've got a girl named Sierra that I'm sure Abe will be interested to know that she's listening down in Arkansas. And uh, there's a there's an old... Um, there's an old tradition on the tell like it is show. I've had a lot of single guys that um, do the do the, run the controls for me, and they always get married. And then and then I have to find another single guy. Well, Connor just told me he's in the studio tonight. He said, "Abe, I want to run the controls." So, so I'm not sure what that means, but anyway, you can figure that out. Good to have brother and sister Gubrood listening. The uh, we've got uh, Lane. And Tristan are listening at the Stoners. Apparently the Stoners aren't listening, just Lane and Tristan. But good to have Lane and Trista listening. And um glad that they're going to be listening. Got Jasmine and Bismarck listening. Uh, Becky from Belfield listening. So a lot of people. Now, earlier before the program started, I had a listener named Paul from Wapiton, North Dakota. And he said, bring your guitar. And uh, he wanted me to sing a song. Well, Paul, I might sing that song, but I'm going to sing a different song instead. Start the broadcast out with a song, and maybe we'll get Abe to sing us a song, play the guitar to it in a little bit. But uh, this is a couple songs that I sing together, and a lot of times I used to start the broadcast out with these, these two songs. I'll be a fool for you, Jesus. That's just what I'll be. Crazy in love with my God above And that's alright with me I'll be a fool for you, Jesus That's just what I'll do Guess I just don't know no better Than to be in love with you I'll be a fool for you, Jesus That's just what I'll be Crazy in love with my God above And that's alright with me I'll be a fool for you, Jesus That's just what I'll do Guess I just don't know no better Than to be in love with you Guess I just don't know no better Than to be in love with you I will live to tell Of the one who has captured my heart I will live to tell Through him I made a new start Take my life and let it be A reflection of you So the whole world can see That God is alive and well And I will live to tell I will live to tell Of the one who has captured my heart I will live to tell Through him I made a new start So take my life and let it be 
a reflection of you, so the whole world can see that God is alive and well. I will live to tell. Well, going to start the program out that way. All right, Paul, I'll sing it. I'll sing it. Paul wanted me to sing this song. All right, Paul, this is for you going out to Paul and Wapaton. Oh, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. God, you are my God, and I will never praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways. And step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Oh God, you are my God. I will ever praise you, oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days, and step by step you'll lead me and I will follow you all of my days all right this is the tell it like it is radio show good to have you show good to have you with us all right there I got it out I'm the pastor of the new life Pentecostal church in Dickinson North Dakota we are the church that proclaims amongst other things but most importantly the message that Peter preached in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 when he was asked a direct question what people needed to do in response to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It wasn't to sign a church card. It wasn't to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. It wasn't to say the sinner's prayer. Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, you say that every radio show. I hope I say it ten times every radio show. Because some of you are not getting it. You're not getting it. Like, you don't get it. Like, you think that the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson is just another church, another Pentecostal church, another church that believes in speaking in tongues. We are a church that believes in speaking in tongues, but we are a church that also believes you've got to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to say it. This has nothing to do with my broadcast. Most churches don't baptize in the name of Jesus. They don't. They baptize using the formula Jesus talked about in Matthew 28:19, where he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. All the apostles understood what he was saying. They baptized in the name of Jesus. Why? Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are not names, and Jesus didn't say in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said in the name. That's like saying be baptized in the name of the guy that owns the big blue house on 19th and 10th. Well, you better find out what his name is if you're going to get baptized that way. Of course, you're not going to be baptized that way. Well, anyway, I said that. this We're talking tonight. I want to turn your attention. Abe's going to probably play guitar. Connor's going to yodel. I don't know what he's going to do, something like that. But he... Um, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. This is what it says. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, this verse, these verses say that uh, if we say we have no sin, we're, we're lying. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And I want to deal with both of those tonight. And then he said, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When Jesus forgives, you don't have to keep going back to it. You can change. That's his plan. That's his desire. He gives us power to change. So here's my program tonight. I want to talk about how so many people will not admit that they're wrong. The name of this show is Excuses Number 17. That's what we're going to call it. And the reason we're going to call it (laughs) Excuses Number 17 is because I think I talk about stuff like this a lot. So I'm just going to pick the arbitrary number of 17 and say that I probably have talked at least 16 other times about excuses. Well, this will be different. I'm using different scriptures, maybe different stories. But I want you to know God sees through all of your excuses. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 24, um, Jesus cast out a demon. The Pharisee said, This fellow doth cast out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And in verse 25, it simply says this, And Jesus knew their thoughts. In John chapter 21 and verse 17, uh, Jesus was talking to Peter, really grilling Peter, asking him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said unto them the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love thee. Okay, you can't fool God. He knows what's going on. Okay, Um you can't make a fool out of God. God. Galatians 6, 7 in the King James says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The Phillips, J.B. Phillips version, I always like that version, of that it's just a New Testament, but it brings to light the scripture. You can't, I don't even know if you can find them anymore. But his says, you can't make a fool out of God. When it says God is not mocked, you can't make a fool out of God. God sees. He knows. Hebrews 4.13 says, there is Neither is there any creature that's not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And so, segment one of this program simply is that God knows what's going on. He knows if you're lying. You know, he, he knows if you're lying. Some people intentionally lie. Some people lie when they're caught doing something wrong. God knows. He knows when you're lying. I'm not going to talk about that in our program tonight. That's, that's certainly simplistic. Everybody knows this. You can fool some of the people some of the time, but you'll never fool God, ever. Like, he knows if you're lying. You know, he'll, he knows if you took the cookie out of the cookie jar. God knows that. Um... You know, and and so what I want to do this radio broadcast on tonight, if Abe's if Abe's got some music lined up, are you texting somebody or what are you doing? Uh, the um, is is the 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 gist of this or the emphasis of this program is not that we're lying to God and thinking that we're lying and He doesn't know, but what happens is after a while we lie so much that we believe our own lie. And then we think God doesn't know because we don't even know we're lying. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Jesus knows. He knows. He knows that your excuses are just excuses 
no matter how much sense they make to you. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. His people rejoice, all his people rejoice. When the king reigns, his people rejoice, all his people rejoice. When the king is reigning in your heart, his people rejoice. And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sounding of his voice. So let him reign. sun shines, his people rejoice, all his people rejoice. When the sun is shining in your heart, his people rejoice. And they all break forth with joy and gladness at the sounding of his voice. So let him shine, shine, shine.
that is an old Lance Appleton song, Let Him Rain, Let Him Shine. The Tell It Like It Is radio show broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota. Pastor Bob with you. Got people texting in. You can do that, 701-290-7862. we got Melissa from Waco, Texas. We've got a, uh, a girl named Amber, uh, and... Uh, She's uh, Laura's little sister, listening from New Albany, Missouri. Glad to have you listening. We've got, um, let's see, we've got the Torres family. Now, what's the story here? The Torres family tuning in, my husband was baptized in Jesus' name today. Now, that sounds like something to celebrate. Congratulations. Baptized in Jesus' name. Josh and Laura, Joby and Gino, listening in Southheart. (laughs) Good to have you guys listening. All right, Gino just got baptized in Jesus' name a couple weeks ago at our church. There's some Matherns listening down in New England, and one of my one a text that I always look for is Yvonne texting me from Bowman tonight, and she goes to our brand new church down in Bowman, and what an awesome story that is of God's reaching her. Just really neat. We've got oh, it seems like there was somebody oh the Frost Frost family listening tonight. Good to have them with us. All right. I read all those. You can text me like I told you. We're talking about, okay, it's one thing to think that we're lying to God and he doesn't know it. But I don't think most people do that. I think what's more terrifying is that we could believe our own excuses, oblivious to our true intentions and motives, and we can justify ourselves to the point that we're delusional. Um. I, I, in the Living Bible, Jeremiah 2.35, it says, And yet you say, I have done nothing wrong. Surely God isn't angry with me. But now I will punish you severely because you claim you have not sinned. You see, this, this is the terrifying, this is what the radio shows on tonight, is that you can be so wrong and tell yourself you're so right, and because of that, you... Um, uh, you're you're in a you're in a bad bad position. You don't even know to repent. Uh, let me let me give you the I, I I gave you the scripture to start with in First John eight and nine. It says if we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. True repentance, true confession, excuse me, true forgiveness starts with repentance, which starts with con, con, confession, and confession starts when we realize we're wrong. Look at this in Jonah chapter 4 and verse 9. Let me give you the backdrop. Jonah is sitting on a hill. I could tell you the whole story, but it doesn't matter. He's sitting on a hill, and overnight this plant grows up and gives him shade. And he really likes the plant. He really he really enjoys this plant. The Bible said God caused a worm to eat the root of this plant and destroyed the plant. The plant died. Jonah was angry. And here's what Jonah 4.9 says. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. This is scary stuff. God asked Jonah a question saying, Do you have a right to be angry? And of course, God is insinuating, You don't have a right to be angry. But Jonah said, I have a right to be angry, and I wished I was dead. Now, this is interesting because 
it made sense to Jonah, and he assumed it was true because it made sense to him. You know, um, this, uh, this is really scary stuff. It really is. This is the kind of stuff that scares, or it, it should scare all of us. Not only for ourselves, but for others. You know, when these people break into a school and start killing everybody, do you know that they think they have a right to do that? Like, they think that they're right. They think that they're justified in acting like that. That fellow here that in New Zealand here recently that, that went into some kind of a mosque or something and started killing people, he thought he was right doing that. He was as wrong as can be. You see, this is what we've got to be careful of. We, all of us have got to, just because it makes sense to you, your excuses and lies, doesn't mean it's right. God sees through our excuses. He can't help us until we confess, and we <laughs> won't confess until we know we've done something wrong. You see, there is a defensive mechanism in all of us that excuses our bad behavior. Well, I'm going to tell you this. You can excuse your bad behavior to yourself all you want to. But I'm going to, I'm going to keep going back to 1 John chapter 1, 8 and 9 tonight. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Like you can, you can say that all you want to. You can lie to yourself all you want to. But then verse 9 starts with the word if. Like, if we get past all that foolishness and we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, there, here's the problem, you guys, is people, when they have their excuses, they, they don't, um, they can't take instruction. They won't take instruction many times. The most frustrating thing for me to do as a pastor is when I can clearly see what the problem is. Sometimes it's simply just saying you're sorry is the problem. But you won't say it. Or if you do say it, I'm sorry, but she made me mad. Or I'm sorry, but he made me mad. You know, this this um, this, this uh, topic tonight is very simple. It's, it's not complicated, but... I'm telling you, this lies within this topic is the reason people won't get right with God or can't get right with God. Because they don't think they're wrong with God. They don't know that they're wrong with God. So they can't get right with God. You know, in the Old Testament, King David, and I know many of you know this story, but King David was the king. He had sent his army out to to battle, and while they were fighting, King David noticed a beautiful woman bathing on a rooftop not too far from him. And he called his servants and he said, go get that woman for me. They brought her to King David and he had sex with her. Well, that's bad enough, but this woman was the wife of another man. That's, I suppose, even worse. Well, then the woman sends word to David, I'm pregnant. Now, her husband's away fighting David's battle. His name is Uriah. Her name is Bathsheba. And so David gets, he calls for Uriah to come home and said, I just needed somebody to tell me how the battle's going. And he said, well, you know, it's going this and that. 
And David said, well, okay, Uriah, take a few days off um, and then go back to the battle. Well, the problem was Uriah didn't do it. Like, See, David was trying to cover his sin up. Like he, he thought Uriah would go and sleep with his own wife and that Uriah would think that baby was his. You see, he's trying to cover his sin. But Uriah didn't do that. He didn't go sleep with his wife. And so David sent Uriah back to the battlefield with a note, a sealed note. And the note said to the captain, make sure Uriah gets on the front lines and make sure he gets killed in battle. So Uriah dies in battle. They wait a few, a little time and David marries Bathsheba and everything's fine. What was David thinking about during this time? Somehow, some way, he had to have some kind of excuses going. Maybe he was thinking, well, I'm the king. I can do this. Uh, people die in battle all the time. Maybe he was thinking, I'll, I'll be a lot better husband to her because I'm rich. I don't know what he was thinking. I do know that David had written in Psalm 19 and 12, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. So David marries Bathsheba. Everything he thinks is fine, but God didn't think everything was fine. And so God sent a prophet named Nathan to David. And the the prophet said, David, I've got to talk to you. We've got a problem in the kingdom. And David said, what is it, Nathan? He said, we have a man, a very rich man, that went over to his neighbor's house, and this rich man had all kinds of sheep. But he went over to his poor neighbor's house and stole their only little lamb. This was just their little family pet. And they brought this lamb home, killed it, and fed it to some out-of-town company he was having. Well, David got so mad about that, that he stood up and he told Nathan, he said, the man that did that is going to die. And Nathan the prophet pointed to David And he said, Thou art the man. And David repented. David confessed his sin, and he repented. You can read about David's confession in Psalm 51. He said, Thou art the man. Now let me just tell you this. That's what preachers and prophets are supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. You know, some of you that are listening, I've never met you. Some of you that are listening, I have no idea who you are. You've never texted me or called me. You've never come to our church. But if I make you feel uncomfortable about your sin, or if I bring light to your sin, that's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do. Because once it comes to the surface, we can deal with it. The, um, You know, this, this uh, program tonight is we're just talking about lies, excuses that we believe, and uh, how terrifying that is, because this can happen to Pastor Bob, it can happen to anybody, it could happen to any anybody, anyone, the most spiritual person. If you start to believe your own lies, you can end up just about anywhere. We got Abe picked up my guitar, he's going to play a song, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. If 
you think that you lost your goal If you think that your life is way out of control Don't you know You gotta have a made-up mind, yeah If indecision has plagued your heart Hold on to the truth Make a new start, don't you know You gotta have a made-up mind You gotta have courage in the night Cling to what is right Keep it in between the lines, yeah You gotta be faithful to the truth Cause God is gonna move Through a soul with a made-up mind If confusion is at your door Don't let him put one foot on the floor, don't you know? You gotta have a made-up mind. If pride takes you by the hand, let it go, hit your knees, take a stand, don't you know? You gotta have a made-up mind. Gotta have courage in the night Cling to what is right Keep it in between the lines, yeah You gotta be faithful to the truth Cause God is gonna move Through a soul with a made-up mind Run the race, don't be looking around You'll win the prize if you don't back down Don't you know, you gotta have a made-up mind You gotta have courage in the night Cling to what is right, keep it in between the lines, yeah You gotta be faithful to the truth Cause God's gonna move through Gotta have courage in the night, cling to what is right, keep it in between the lines, yeah. You gotta be faithful to the truth, cause God is gonna move through a soul with a made-up mind. Through a soul with a made-up mind, yeah. Gotta have courage in the night. Hey, that sounds good. That was Abe Simon singing that. And uh, the um, good to have everybody that's listening. We've got um, somebody just texted me said we want to hear Connor Yodel. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'm not. If you're not you're just tuning in, I said maybe Connor would yodel tonight. I know he can kind of speak German for all those Germans that are out there. He can do that. The um, if you're tuning in late. I am Pastor Bob Simons from the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. We've got uh, some Woodses listening in Beulah. We've got uh, somebody just texted, Awesome Job, Abe. Love that song. So, the um, We're talking about excuses. We're talking about believing our own lies. We're talking about not being able to get right with God because we're not wrong. You know, Jesus never ever um, sugar-coated anything. In John chapter 4, we read a story where Jesus was exhausted. He told his disciples, he said, I want to just sit down here and rest. And he sent them into the city to get some food. And Jesus just sat down. He was wore out. Because certainly he was God, but he was also a man too. 
He was God in the flesh. So he, he had a human body when he walked this earth. And while he was sitting there, a woman came to draw water out of the well. And Jesus began to talk to her. And Jesus began to reach out to her. And then, and I'm not going to get into the whole story, but in verse 16 of John 4, Jesus said to this woman, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. In verse 17, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And in verse 28, she went her way into the city, and she saith to the men, Come and see a man, verse 29, that, which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? I want you to notice this. Jesus, you say, well, boy, that was really embarrassing. You know, here again, remember, Jesus knows everything. Like this woman's, woman's talking to him. She's never met him. He's never met her. But he knew she was shacking up with a guy that wasn't her husband. And so, unlike most preachers, the... Um, uh, unlike most preachers, they probably would ignore that. But Jesus didn't ignore it. He drew himself to address it. Why? To embarrass her? Because he hated her? Is that what you think? No. Because for this woman to get right with God, she had to be confronted with her sin. And unfortunately, we're living in a society that doesn't even know they're sinning. They don't even know they're supposed to feel sorry to God for anything. You see, this, this is the fallacy of American Christianity. American Christianity screams, Jesus loves you. And Jesus does love you. But... The, the problem is that's not enough to get you to heaven. Because if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I really believe in that, by the way. You know, you confess your sins to God and repent. He, he'll forgive you. Of course, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. But, but... You know, Jesus didn't counsel away the conviction that this woman was under. You see, people can say all they want to. I don't want to go to a church where I feel judged. Well, the reason you feel judged is because you have misplaced what the church is supposed to be doing. Let me tell you a story. Um. You know, years ago, there was a, um, a, fr a fellow that went to work for me. And the first day we worked together, he, you know, he, found, he knew I was a pastor. And he was, he was a real talker. He loved to talk, even more than work. <laughs> and he, he said, i got to tell you a story. I go, what is it? And he goes, well, his name was Jeff. And he said, here's the story. My friend go, went to a church in Minnesota. He said, you won't believe this, but they were going to church there for quite a while, for several weeks, maybe a few months, and 
you won't believe this, this Jeff told me, but the pastor came up to my friend who was living with his girlfriend, and he said, when are you going to marry that girl? And he said, it made my friend so mad, they quit going to that church. And this Jeff looked at me and said, can you believe a pastor would say that? I didn't answer his question. I asked him a question. I said, what if living with your girlfriend and having sexual relations with a girl that you're not married to, what if that puts you on the wrong side of God? And what if you don't remedy that? What if you end up going to hell because of it? And I asked Jeff, I said, what kind of pastor would it be that wouldn't ask you when you're going to marry that girl? And Jeff looked at me and said, you know, I've never thought of that before. I've never thought of that before. You know, I'm telling you tonight, thank God for the word or the circumstance or maybe even this radio show or the person that brings our attention to our sin. Thank God for that. You know, because then you can confront it. Then we can be made right with our Father. Are you interested? Do you want to know whether you're on the right side of God or the wrong side of God? Let me ask you this. Do you want to know if you're on the right side of the grace of God or the wrong side of the grace of God? A friend of mine who was a youth pastor at a Baptist church many years ago, ended up we ended up baptizing him in the name of Jesus. But anyway, this friend of mine, he when he was the youth pastor at, at the uh, Baptist church, he said the only thing that he couldn't preach in his youth group was to get people to question their salvation. Because this particular church believed in a doctrine that once you've said the sinner's prayer and meant it, that you're saved and you could never be lost. Well, I'm telling you, I think it's good to question your salvation. Boy, that's going to cause a lot of trouble. (laughs) But I think it's good. I think because of our very nature, we don't know whether we're right with God or not. And that's why we need to do like 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves, Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? You know, this is, um, this, this uh, is you know, certainly is a hard-hitting broadcast. I know that. I really know that. But it's not supposed to be, because if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Okay, so when God shows you what you're doing wrong, instead of getting defensive, why don't you ask, why don't you tell him, okay, God, here's what I'm doing, and I'm sorry. And then let him forgive you and cleanse you. You know, this this um, this justifying business, here again, I didn't even deal with the people that straight out try to lie to God. Because, you know, I mean, if you're that dumb, I don't even know if I can help you. I mean, we, we all got to know we can't lie to God. I mean, how, how are we going to, how's that going to work? I mean, like. You know, um, I mean, he, you can't lie to God. I mean, you, you got to know this. Like he, he sees, you know, he sees you when you're in the bathtub. I mean, God knows everything about you. Like he knows what you're doing. 
You know, he knows if you if you tell a lie, God knows it. But what if you don't know it? See, that's what the broadcast is about tonight. What if you don't know it? See, that's why the Bible said the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It, 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 the word of God, if we're, if we're listening to it, can actually help us. You know, and just like, just like Nathan the prophet helped David, thou art the man. David, you're wrong. Straighten up. Turn this thing around. You know, that's, that's what we've got to do. You know, uh, this, this, this topic tonight really applies to, to many people that are, that are uh, drug addicts and drinkers. Like, people will be, you know, have three years of sobriety, and, um, and their dad dies, and they'll start drinking again. And they say, like, I just couldn't handle the pain anymore. And what God is saying is, you're wrong. What's wrong with saying you're wrong? Why do we come up with these weird excuses? Like, why would we come up with these ideas that, that, that um, you know, we, this is why I'm doing it. Well, Pastor Bob, you were never abused as a child. You're right, I never was. But what does that have to do with doing something wrong? You know, you see, when you begin to justify yourself, I've done prison ministry for quite a while. I mean, like, oh, I don't know, 40, no, 35 years. You know, we, we started 35 years of going to jails and prisons on a regular basis, and I love it. I really, really love it. If they fired me from being a pastor, I hope they let me keep doing that. Because I, I love it. I love going to jails. I love going to prisons. Just today, you know, I've got friends up at the jail. I had a friend drive all the way from Fargo, North Dakota that just got out of a kind of a halfway house just to come to church. He brought his friend with him just to come to church, just to see me. It meant a lot to me. It, it really did. It meant a lot to me. But, you know, this, when we, you know, when I go to prisons, I hear some of the strangest, the jails, I hear some of the strangest stories. I was in, in the county jail here one time, and a guy told me, he was talking to me, he was crying, he was really upset. He goes, the harder I try to do good, it, it gets worse. And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, look at look at me, I'm in jail. I try to live for God, I'm in jail now. I go, well, can I ask why you're in jail? Well, I got a DUI. I said, so did God make you drink and drive? Well, No. You see, like, like in his mind, he thought he was like Mother Teresa or somebody. You know, like he thought, like he was he was next to the Peter and Paul and James and John. You know, like he he thought, and here he is suffering for Jesus in jail, and he got a DUI. How how does this work? How do we do this? But I'm telling you, Pastor Bob's not immune to this, and neither are you. You can believe your own lie. Like, for instance, if your wife is mean to you, you can be mean to her. And you can be mean to her. You know why? Because she was mean to you. And so you think that it's right to be mean to her. See how stupid that is? That's just stupid. You know, like, like it's never Christian to be mean to anybody. But when you begin to justify, when I, I started to say going to the jail ministries, I have most of the people I've met in jail ministry 
are people I've made friends with. Most of the people I met in jail ministry are drug users, okay? But every once in a while, I meet a really dangerous person. And here's how I know if they're dangerous. When they tell me, yeah, I did it, but I had a right to do that. That really scares me. They tell me, yeah, uh, you know, if she didn't want me to do that, she shouldn't address that way. Or they'll say something like, if, if she, or you know what, I've never had nothing all my life and all those rich people have everything. And I think I deserve some of what they have. That's just plain scary as far as I'm concerned. It really is. The, um, you know, um, they're, they're, so anyway, boy, I've got a lot of people texting me. You know what? i got somebody saying, two ladies said that Abe sounds good. Those two ladies are your mom and your sister, they texted me. So they sounded good on that guitar. Um, the, um, oh, i got several texts here. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to have Abe tell you how to, make sure to tell him, I'll tell him right now. There's no service in Bowman this Thursday night. Just make sure that uh, you guys know that if you go to our Bowman Church, that there's no service down there. Go ahead. Well, from, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. You can visit our church. The address is 501 Elks Drive. Um, you, Sunday morning, we have service at 10 o'clock, or Sunday school, excuse me, at 10 o'clock a.m. Um, there's Sunday school for your kids, and then there's adult Bible study. Um, every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock a.m., and we have a worship service, um, and that is at 11 o'clock a.m. Um, our church is, again, the address is 501 Elks Drive. Our next service will be Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m., um, and you're all welcome to come join us in Dickinson here. Um, if you're from the Beulah area, um, there's a ch- an apostolic church there, um, Brother Mike Woods is the pastor in the, in that, at the Truth Community Church. The address to that church in Beulah is 223rd Street Northwest. They have service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. And um, on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, the Truth Community Church in Beulah. If you're from um, the Bowman area, there's a Cornerstone Apostolic Church there. The, the address to that church is 18 North Main every Thursday. Um, it's just Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Um, this Thursday they're not going to have service there. But um, it's just a midweek service every Thursday night. If you're from Beach, North Dakota, you can visit um, an apostolic church there um, at the Beach Community Center. Um, every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Um, if you want more information or you'd like to get a hold of our church, you can email Pastor Bob Simons. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com, or you can call or text him. His cell phone number is 701-290-7862. Um, this is a Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. Some good texts tonight. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, good to have the Schmitz listening in Bismarck. And um, just, uh, you know, I had uh, such a fun time with my friend Dave. You guys heard me on the air call him one arm to Dave. And um, 
he uh, told me a story just this afternoon about how when he was in jail, he had actually got his arm ripped off in a car accident in a rollover, and they sewed it back on, and he has limited use of that arm. But in, in jail, he he told somebody that he was just joking. He said two, two black bears attacked him while he was trying to feed them or by a rest area. Well, that spread through the whole prison to the point where everybody in the jail said, there's that guy that the bear, the bears attacked him. Well, he said, after the tell, telling the story so long, you begin to question yourself whether it really happened or not. That's exactly what I'm talking about today. You know, this, this concept of, of lying to ourselves and uh, believing those lies is so scary because we may never get right with God. And, and believe me, I'm sure I've done it, and I've heard it so many times. I mean, I, I just heard it just this week. Blatantly, somebody told me basically that um, they weren't wrong, but everybody else was. You know, in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, this is the kind of prayer that I think God likes. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This would be a, a good um, a good scripture to memorize, these two verses. This, is our, this should be our prayer. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. You know, when I'm offering you tonight, if you're honest with God and you can see through all this garbage, is to truly be forgiven and to go on with your life. You know, um, I don't think this friend of mine, Dave, that came to visit me today will mind anything that I say about him. But he he uh, spent an entire life, he's 47 years old, he spent an entire life kind of making starts with God and failing. Making starts with God and failing. But I think the reason he's succeeding this time is he's taking, he's owning his decisions and he's being honest with God. And when you are, that's all God wants. He didn't, he's not doing it to embarrass us. He's not doing it to hurt you. But he's doing it to help you to get right with him. I'm going to play a song at the end of the broadcast tonight. And um, this is a song that I used to sing up at the jail a lot. And um, it's about an auctioneer and a violin and the bow that you play the violin with. But it's a lot. It's about a whole lot more than that. It's about the value of a person in God's sight. But that value comes out when we give our life to God and we're honestly confessing and repenting our sins, repenting of our sins. Well, it was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer felt it was hardly worth his while to waste much time on that old violin, but he held it up with a smile. He said, it sure ain't much, but it's all we got left. I guess we ought to sell it, too. Now who'll start the bid on this old violin? Just one more and we'll be through. 
He cried out, one, give me one dollar. Who'll make it two? Two dollars. Who'll make it three? Three dollars twice. Hey, that's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? Raise up your hands and don't wait any longer. The auction's about to end. Who's got four? Just one dollar more to bid on the soul violin. Well, the air was hot and the people stood around as the sun was setting low. From the back of the crowd, a gray-haired man came forward, picked up the bow. He wiped the dust from that old violin and tightened up those strings. And he played out a melody pure and sweet, sweet as the angel sings. And then the music stopped, and the auctioneer, in a voice that was quiet and low, he said, what is my bid for this old violin? And he held it up with a bow. He cried out, one, give me one thousand, who make it two? Two thousand, who make it three? Three thousand twice, hey, that's a good price. Who's got a bid for me? The people cried out what made the change. We don't understand. Then the auctioneer stopped and he said with a smile, It was the touch of the master's hand. Now you know many a man with his life out of tune is battered and scarred with sin. And he's auctioned cheap to a thankless world Much like the old violin But then the master comes And that old foolish crowd They never understand The worth of a soul And not change that is wrought Just by one touch of the master's hand He cried out One, give me one thousand Who make it two? Two thousand Who make it three? Three thousand twice, that's a good price. But who's got a bid for me? The people cried out, what made the change? We don't understand. And the auctioneer stopped, and he said with a smile, It was the touch of the master's hand. Was the touch of the master's hand. Was the touch of the master's hand. Lord Jesus, as we close this broadcast, God, I pray that everyone listening can see the the beauty, the hope that there is in confessing their sins to you and really repenting of those sins as the first step to coming to you. Lord, I just pray that you help us, help us all to see that you're not out to hurt us, you're not out to embarrass us, you're not out to take away anything from us. But you're out, Lord, because you want to forgive us, but we've got to do it your way. I just pray tonight in the name of Jesus that you'll help us. Jesus' name. It has been my pleasure to be with you on the radio show. A lot of people texted me kind of too too late to tell you who they all are, but but, uh, just uh, 
Good to have you listening tonight, and I'll answer these texts after the program. Lord willing, next Sunday night there'll be another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Until then, God bless you and good night. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.